The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org. I'll call the meeting to order, and uh, the first item on the agenda is uh, the House of the Woods update, so I think that will probably be Susie and John. Um, yes, and actually, I'm just going to let uh, John take over and start off with the been a couple months, I think. Okay. Well, we've had, it listed, we've had it listed for about two and a half months now. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not here to say that we have any type of an offer written or otherwise. Uh, we've had a couple of people, a couple of people have expressed a strong interest in the property. Uh, the two parties that did express a strong interest wanted to uh, just put a single house on there, but after viewing the property and going into a little cost on it, uh, it was too prohibitive for the two parties that were interested. Uh, it's had uh, client portals, this is, might be a little gobbledygook of real estate in MLS, but 62 client portals, uh, client views, 15. We've had 110 parties who are interested, and there were 235 emails that have been sent out on the property to interested parties and whatnot. Uh, I got a copy of the listing here if uh, the council would like to take a look at it, and of also the pictures that I took of the property when we listed it. Uh, Contrary to these pictures, they were not taken today, but there is snow on the ground. Okay, so I'm going to change these pictures to a little more of a spring uh, change. Uh, we settled on $190,000 at the council meeting uh, back in J January when we put it on the market, but uh, you know it hasn't sold yet. Uh, council may be interested in uh, reducing this price at this time to get a little more possibly a little more interest. Uh, the builder that built the property up there on 11 Mile going east of Southfield, uh, I contacted them. Uh, they have yet to get back with me. So, uh, and I've also contacted a, a number of other builders that have not expressed an interest in the property as yet, okay? But again, uh, counselors, they would consider a price reduction uh, that might be a benefit to the council. Uh, also, when I was here uh, the last time, uh, debris and brush is still there. Now, when I say debris, it's not trash. It's fallen timber, debris. Uh, cut the lawn, of course, you couldn't cut the lawn during the winter, but cut down the small trees if there's any possibility of that. Any, any type of improvement to the property as far as appearance would be of great benefit to, uh, to sell the property. That's about my limit of uh, presentation, if anybody has any questions. Did you have a recommended price for reduction? I would say to maybe bring it down to 160, 170, right in there. That would be my recommended trap. Uh, this is the, got a question from the crowd here. <laughs> this is the property at 19600 Forest Drive where the mansion was. Do you feel like the number of, you said you, you gave some statistics on the, oops, sorry about that, um, the number of uh, views 
recent uh, emails and so forth that uh, have, have gone back and forth. Do you feel that's like a normal number, or do you think that number would be a lot higher? That's about that's about normal. I don't I don't think it should have been higher. Obviously, the more you have, the better it is. But I think that's a normal. That would be normal. That's not unusual. So when do you uh, plan on? I know it just snowed today. When do you plan on uh, getting probably some more spring photos for, of the uh, property? Well, believe it or not, I was thinking of doing that today. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, we had a snow snowmageddon here today, so uh, right. that's obviously out of the question. I'll be doing that in the next couple of days once it's once it's a little more. Uh, Obviously, no snow on the ground would be helpful. And do you have access to a drone to get maybe like an aerial view for? Like I can. That's a good suggestion, and uh, I do have access to get a drone to get an aerial photograph. Okay, I would love to see that possible. Okay. Uh, and we approve five thousand dollars to clean that up. Is that what we approve that? I think five thousand dollars was banding about. Uh, I, I didn't suggest that. That was. Yeah. So I, and, I, and the city was supposed to do that, right? When it. Yeah. When the when the weather was better, better, you know, they were thinking of it. I, I don't think do we approve. I don't that think we, we approve that. It. I don't, I don't, I'm not. You just I'm you spoke you, you just spoke a, you just spoke about it. It was not approved. Yeah. Well, I thought okay. I thought that was part of the plan. Don't you think that will make a big difference? Well, I, I think definitely if it was cleaned up, uh, you know, again, there's no, there's no trash on the property. This is strictly fallen timber, long grass, and uh, brush that's just overgrown with brush. If, if that stuff could be removed or cut down, would be, I, I think would be a tremendous help. Do you, uh, so will we need to just use our resources or could we like, outsource that or will we just depend on like DPW for later? I think we probably want to see what DPW can do first and I'll look back through the minutes. I do remember the discussion on the email. Um, I don't remember right. if there was a group or not, but um, I think we try with DPW first and then maybe if there's some larger trees that you know, we need to, then, I mean, they can only go so far, so um, we need to contract out. Yeah, the, these are these trees I'm speaking about, these are not trees. These are weeds that have grown into a small tree. Okay. So it, I'm, not looking at, I'm not looking at taking down something that's 24 inches across. I'm looking at getting rid of brush, uh, fallen timber, and cutting the grass. You know, that, that's as far as I think you have to go. It makes sense to me to spend 5000 rather than dropping it, you know, 20000 or whatever at this point. I mean, I don't know, what do you think? I think a price reduction would help. Uh, but I think, I also think that the, that removing that debris could also help. Okay, because one of the builders mentioned there's an awful lot of, uh, and again, I want to stress, it's not trash, it's fallen timber and that. Uh, and one of the builders did mention that. So just looking back at the minutes, excuse me, the, the motion was to list the property at 190. There was no uh, inclusion of any expenditure to clean up, but I, there was a discussion about it, I do recall, and I do believe the recommendation was once the weather broke was to for the city to do that. Do you think there are any archived photos of that property before it got 
Overgrown? Uh, there's no archived photos that I'm aware of. Okay, I took these photos back in January, but there's there's archived photos. You got to check with the city on that. I'm sure that's. I do have it on there. You know, there was a little brief history of the property, and that and that is online. Mm -hmm. That someone could take a look at that. You know, if they go to the MLS, if they go to the multi list, they can click. You know, documents, and uh, they can get a little brief history of the property, a little brief outline of it. But uh, and we do have a survey. But there, excuse me, uh, there, there are no archived photos that I'm aware of. Well, who sent me that list to you, or the listing? And I'll put it in the e-newsletter. Maybe somebody, maybe somebody will see it on the e-newsletter. Okay. I did put it on the, um, a couple of the Lathrop Village websites, and I put it on my own Facebook page, and there's a, Lathrop, a couple of Lathrop Village Facebook pages that this was put on. Anybody with any other questions? So, so you say you spoke with you spoke with two builders, right? That were interested in the property, or there, no? Two, these two were not builders. These were private individuals who were interested in purchasing the property and building a house on it for their own purposes. Okay. So, do you have um, like contacts with any builders like that? Like, have you like personally just? Had a conversation with like I've con I've contacted several builders. There's only a couple of houses that have been built in Lathrop Village in the past couple of years. Right. Those build a couple of those builders I have tried to contact with no avail. I think the one guy there, there's the one property that's south of Eleven Mile, yeah. uh, Rainbow Circle, where they have the condos. They have eight or nine condos. I think he's out of business now, to be honest with you. He's retired, but I tried getting a hold of them to see if they would be interested in it. Okay. That's all I have. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Thanks, and thanks for coming. I just wanted to make sure that, you know, a lot of residents were asking about the property, so I just wanted to make sure we were given a proper update of okay, what's going yeah, on. Absolutely. And if any residents have any questions of me, they're more than welcome to give me a call. Okay. Okay, anything else? Alright, thanks John. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Alright, so uh, next next agenda item is uh, council meetings in the community room. So uh, I don't know who's going to introduce that. But. Um, so we talked, I think it was the last meeting about um, moving, what, what would it take to move council meetings um, from currently here um, down to the community room. So we did have um, Jim Nelson, who, who runs our, our TV and does all these uh, meetings for us. I did ask him to give us a detailed, uh, a detailed quote, which um, was attached to your packet. Um, essentially, what we um, what we're doing right now today um, at this very moment is uh, $310 um, plus you know $56 for every um, for every hour over two hours and that's just the labor that's just the labor cost. Um, however, if we are to move it into the community room, um, that significantly increases the cost. Um, essentially, right now we are in. A TV studio, right? All, all the wiring is here um, for the audio, for the sound. Um, it's all directly connected into um, into the mixing boards and, and
and some other technical equipment that I can't remember all the names of. But um, essentially, we would need, need to recreate the setup here downstairs each and every time. Um, it's not something that, because we are constantly having events downstairs, private events, uh, it's not something that we would have permanently right. done. So it would be, you know, I'd have to have a, you know, a cart, which is the additional part of that additional room setup that's on that memo. Um, basically, like a mixing board cart that would take it down, set everything up, tear it down, bring it all back up, and so, um, and and the cost that is in here. So that that cost is. Um, $1,175 plus, um, it would be $82 um, for every hour over um, because there would be two camera operators in that instance. That does not include Zoom either. So if we were to move it down into the community room, it would just be an in-person meeting. There would not be um, a hybrid setup um, for, for attendees to Zoom in. Um, that would I mean, that would be some additional equipment that we would also need to purchase um, to make that happen. So all told, like the initial setup cost, um, our initial meeting would be probably about $2,400. Um, but then, yeah, it's roughly, let's just, for sake of discussion, $1,200 every month, or twice a month. So $1,200 for each meeting. So, the uh, so the additional equipment set up the thousand dollars is that you don't actually have that included in the estimated twenty four hundred or no, you that add that in so it would be thirty four. It would. Uh, but no, the well. That's just an, that's on one time fee, right? Yes. The, okay. The thousand dollars additional equipment is just a one time fee, and that's really that equipment cart for lack of a better phrase right, right? so um but yeah the estimated monthly cost is about twenty thousand dollars and then oh and then the zoom setup that's i don't have a, i don't have a cost for that okay because um, on here it's it says 11.75 so i'm curious that, or is that that yeah that would just that's that does obviously does not include the Zoom. I think it'd probably be at least another three five hundred dollars for the equipment that would allow us to do Zoom downstairs as well. Um, and I think you could that would um, so that would bring that additional equipment cost to probably fifteen hundred dollars. So that would be one time fee, but right. And there's no charge for Zoom up here. What, what's the, like, doesn't look like we're comparing apples to apples. The equipment that we, we already have equipment up here. For, like that, sorry, that cost has already been Paid. kind of rolled into the budget that's already been expended. So that was, it was not factored into it, right? Okay, but, so we're, we're not really getting a, a true cost of what this meeting This cost meeting then. is $310. That, and that's because we already have all of the equipment up here, uh -huh. right? So that's really, you know, it's set up, it's staff labor time. Um, so it doesn't have to be set up each time downstairs. 
Okay, so, but you said this wouldn't include Zoom, it would just be a meeting downstairs and it would be, we would just have a meeting that would be recorded and then played later, or what, what, would, that, what would happen? Yeah, it would just be recorded and broadcast later. We would still have, you know, we have our Facebook Live camera, uh -huh. right? So this camera would be used, but then it would be recorded and recorded and edited and broadcast later. Okay, because there were two cameras at breakfast with the bunnies, so what's the, what would be the difference with that? I can t explain about the breakfast with the bunny. There was no cost for the breakfast with the bunny for the camera operators that were there. Um, Jim Nelson, who does our TV um, station and that, he was taking live photos. He also had two other gentlemen there that he was training and there was no cost to us for that. And the breakfast was with the bunny is part of his salary fees that he gets monthly. So there was no additional cost for three operators there. I was gonna explain that on your breakfast with the bunny because I had heard a lot about three operators there, but that's the reason they were there is because they were in training. Yeah, and I think, if I'm, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the, the difference with, that, with an event recording versus a council recording is those aren't being broadcast. So those are being recorded you know, just do a static drive as opposed to these that are being processed and, and recorded that comes through the studio. All right, so we're paying this month 5000 or last month, $5,191.96 to CV uh, Studios. What does that include? I would have to go back and look at the contract. Um, Jim might know. I'm just wondering if there's anything that we can rearrange to, you know, make this make this happen. Have you guys considered moving up here so to give more room out here or no? Well, they did move up. Huh? They did move up. And they gave room. We just didn't want to sit right on top of you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> we meant move up here and the empty seats. I think it's important if the three of us are all. Together. You know, I mean, there's not there. So, then what do you guys suggest that we do to, to give more access to residents? Because that, that's the issue. The issue is that there really isn't room for residents. The, the meeting room is not a good setup. The sound is bad. The um, interaction is bad. You know, it's, it's, it just isn't good. I've heard a lot of complaints from people that have been in that room. So, um, you know, it's important important that we have something for our residents. So, if you know, if this is cost prohibitive, then what do you what do you guys suggest that we do to to make it more user user friendly for residents? Well, I would I, I would actually ask what your suggestions may be. I mean, one of the things that um, I mean, one of the reasons that we we still have Zoom is because I pushed for it because we have, what, four, at least four attendees. I mean, typically we have we have participants um, in, in the Zoom platform. And so when we had the opportunity to just, you know, when we came back in person, we had the opportunity to drop it. And I think it's important that we keep it um, because people are engaged, they do, appreciate being able to hop onto Zoom or, um, you know, not for whatever, for whatever their circumstance may be. Maybe they're not um, able to come in, maybe they're elsewhere, um, 
so I can't change the action, but I would look for counsel to provide us some additional suggestions that they think might work. I think Barb did that last time, and I think we had 20 people in the meeting room uh, a couple meetings ago, so, um, you know, again, we're, we're supposed to be here for residents, and um, have heard a lot of complaints from people when campaigning, and, and still that people want to be able to um, have face-to-face -face access. So, it's, I mean, it's, it's very different. Even when it's in the room next door, the sound is delayed, and it's just, you know, it's just not a, not a good setup. So is, this, so is this not adequate enough room for the, what I've seen, the residents who are showing up, they've been able to fit in this room. Looks like the administration has moved up. They can move up even closer if need be, but I just don't see as of now what's the need for five people to be in the community room. Yeah. And it's, it looks like we're adapting well. I mean, to be spending $3,400, I mean, it's not like... Regard well, twenty four hundred a month for you know five. It seems like we're catering to everyone. It's there's more room that people can fit in the room. As of now, I think like they don't have to sit in there anymore. We they're sitting in here. This is a study yeah. session too, so we might have more people later. I don't know. Yeah. So so I, I would kind of build on that. I mean, I, I do think there are things that, that we can do right now to make this room a little bit more accessible. Like the cameras are over here. We can move these tables all the way over and have probably get 15, 20 chairs over, over there where it would be, be uh, more accessible. But to, to Jalen's point, um, you know, people are riled up right now. And so there are, there's attendance in, in the meetings. But, um, you know, you know Kelly, Kelly, you can, You've been on council for ten years, so you can you can 11. add this eleven years. <laughs> I, I, I've been on for five, and most of our meetings average like three or four people. Um, again, people are riled up right now. I think that's mm -hmm. going to settle down. Uh, hopefully, we still continue to have that that amount of, of participation because we want the participation. Mm -hmm. uh, but in, until we see that on a sustained basis, you know, I kind of agree with Jalen. I don't think it makes sense to spend twenty five twenty five hundred times. Yeah, almost th almost thirty thousand dollars in, in, in a year um, for for something that we don't know is going to be is going to be sustained. The number of people. Well, yeah. The thought occurs to me too. I mean, it's relatively short lived that this particular table will right. be here. Right. Right. Um, based on the schedule, I mean, there should be a permit city administrator uh, hired by the end of June, um, and typically. Uh, Typically, the city administrator sits right next to you. So, um, I, you know, I, this is a, an interim, the interim table for the interim. So, um, I, I, you know, I think once the removal of this table is, uh, you know, once this table's gone, there will be plenty of additional room. So. I would like residents to please reach out to us to let you, let us know what it is that you would like um, to be able to participate in the meetings. Because that I've heard a lot of complaints. So you know, if any if anyone's watching at this point, um, you know, please please let us know. Let us know what what it is that you would like us to do. So what are some of Have you heard any of the complaints? Like so we could, or we, we could know. What do you mean? I just told you. Said, it to the you said the residents. I was just asking, like, could we know what 
what's the actual complaint so we can start working on working towards it. The meeting room is an issue with sound and with um, delayed sound and the picture and noise in the room. Um, those were the things that I had heard. Okay. And then, you know, there's not a whole lot of room in here right now, but this is better. Again, it's not. I mean, I don't think it's up to us. We're we're sitting up here with plenty of room. So. Well, we can talk but to Jim about the sound. I mean, the other room does add plenty of space. For uh, I think we probably fit at least thirty or forty people in there. So if if really the sound is the issue, then we can address that with Jim and see if we can get that corrected. Um, and that should be a minimal cost to do that. Didn't Jim say that he corrected it from last week anyway? Yeah, that, that was a different issue. Here he comes. Oh, he's about I, to tell you. I did want to mention something about the sound. After it was mentioned, I went in there during the Please come to the microphone. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be, I thought it was going to get out of here quick. I wasn't intending on doing this. Don't forget, you've got to speak into the mic. How close? I'll pretend to eat it. <laughs> okay, the problem with the sound in the conference room is that the volume was down. I went with the remote control and I turned up the volume and listened to it. It's very clear. As far as the delay, yes, there's a six second, three second delay. Zoom has to come up and come back in again. And the sound goes in directly. You have a delay. And then you have the, um, the meeting room itself, which is a lot of room in there. And I've been doing meetings here for, as an engineer, for a lot of years. And if, once we have a city administrator here, and this table's gone. I mean, I'm talking about 10 years. There was never, not enough room in this room, right. to, period. The whole thing with the overflow and have those other two rooms wired up was because of the, you know, the pandemic with everything that was going on with that. But as far as the sound quality, I just had simply had to turn the volume up. Oh, okay. If you have any other questions, I'm right here right now. Okay. No, and then the other piece was the face-to-face -face contact. When people are removed, then... They don't get, you know, if they're angry or whatever, we don't, we don't see anything. We don't, um, you know, people just have to come in one by one. And so, um, you know, that well, was, that was an issue too. Okay. But yeah, as far as, far as, sound, as, as far as the budget, any questions on budget? Yes. What the fifty one ninety one ninety six that we're paying for. I don't, I don't March, have, I don't have contract. it. Some of it was we we're bu buying batteries. Oh, okay. um, we're buying see that. The equipment batteries go in there. Our UPS has died. I was buying batteries for that. Bought a cart. Some of that is some new equipment. And it's the fact that we're doing, it used to be that we're doing the um, Zoom meetings, and I was editing the Zoom meetings at no cost. That was part of the contract. Now the six meetings of one, two, yeah, the five meetings a month are now down live, and I have to hire camera operators, et cetera. So that's an additional expense that when it was editing only just didn't happen. What are the five meetings a month? Well, the two meetings tonight. Oh, okay. Planning Commission okay. and then the, um, the DDA. Okay. So yeah, we're, you know, we're hiring people. There's, there's, there's labor involved. The editing is still free. So I do the editing and then I'll upload it to, um, to YouTube. So, you know, so it's published at YouTube. That's done as quickly as possible, usually within 24 hours. But now that we're going live, this is just within the last couple months. Yeah. That has raised the price and the fact that 
in the last couple of months have been buying equipment to replace things. Batteries, unfortunately, are very expensive. Little tiny, they're lead-acid batteries, like little motorcycle batteries, but they're not cheap. So. so how does that work? Is it your equipment and we... Uh, no, the equipment, basically, the equipment here, it belongs to the city. Okay. There's equipment that I use because the city can't afford to buy it. Um, I won't go into the details. Some of the equipment here is mine. Okay. I, when, I, when it's used by the city, the city uses it at no charge. Okay. So there's no charge for that. Okay. But yes, some of the equipment is mine. 90% okay. um, of what you see in, the, in, the, in there is, the, is city. the city's. Okay. We're very fortunate. We got the cameras. If we go out like to do a concert, we have all the equipment necessary to do a concert, for instance. But going downstairs, instead of having, and Susie put it together, put, put together very um, well, we have a complete TV station right here. Downstairs, you have four walls with four speakers, and you're starting from scratch. And if you're going to go, we're talking about the, you know, going to the Zoom, we have to decide, that the design has been done, where are you going to put the, where is the recorder for the Zoom going to be? My initial design was about put it in the kitchen. Will it even work there? So as far as how much it's going to cost to wire up the Zoom equipment every month until we know where the equipment's going to be and whether we can put the wires, you know, up in the ceiling maybe like we've right. done here. We have ceiling. I have wires in the ceiling. I have wires through the walls. We have wires everywhere, which is good because we want to hook up. We just walk in. We just pick up the wires that are sitting on the floor and plug. Downstairs, it's literally four loudspeakers. That's all that's down there. So until it's, the design's actually done um, to exactly where everything's going to be, that exact figure, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be tremendous. I figure maybe a couple hundred dollars, maybe to wire zoom in, oh. but it depends where zoom going to be. If <laughs> zoom's going to be in the main office, then we have to send crazy wiring, crazy amplifiers. It's a different story. Right. So um, the zoom's important. Plus, we run. I send Facebook up. And the Facebook, sometimes we have more people on Facebook. Right. Like we had a, a lot of times we'll have three or four people on Zoom. And going up to 12 people on Facebook is not unusual. So face, the Facebook is always running up as well. And the Facebook is a camera that um, Cheryl came up with the money for. And that the Facebook is done at no charge. We just plug it in and say it's time for you to, you know, to go, up, uh, go up screen with it. But it's that interactive piece with Zoom that would be. We have, we're doing we we're have to uploading do. to Zoom, and we're uploading to Facebook both right now. Okay. Now the other thing we can do too, and we're not doing it right now, is that with the main TV station being up here, we could also stream to AT and T, Comcast. We can also go to AT and T, stream them live. If we go downstairs, forget it. We can't do that. That's like a whole another thing. Another set of amplifiers, another set of cables. It's just an empty bare room. Well, this room is very, if you were a TV person, you feel very comfortable up here compared to being downstairs. <laughs> I'm glad you're smiling because that's, that, that's no, important. I, I know. There, I, there was a TV studio at the high school. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, had to, I was able to do the, um, the, um, the football game when it was here. I think we had um, 91 cameras. So after 91 cameras, it's pretty simple. But to, as far as if you wanting to do anything, after 91 cameras, there isn't anything I can't do and help you with making sure everything's done properly. Okay. But I think for any overflow, I think, again, Susie's right, once these are gone, we're not going to have that many people. You're going to be using those rooms. But the audio is better, then you have both rooms. So.
I'm reiterating myself if there's any other questions. Now you have me sitting down with them, which I didn't want to do. I was thinking about this morning. What if I'm going to have to sit down and talk to these people? <laughs> and I was right. Thank you for answering those questions. Okay. Thank you for telling you how to use the microphone. I've learned that when passing along. How many times have I done that? Um, any other discussion around the council meetings in the community room? So I'm, I'm glad we got the actual cost for it, but I'm hoping we could possibly maybe continue the conversation and not necessarily vote on it tonight because clearly there's a lot of things that, you know, we just learned about. So maybe we could like just keep the conversation fluid and not necessarily vote on it tonight or, you know, bring it back for discussion later. Table it. Can I say something? Um, I was just going to say, I know when um, council meetings, when there was a confrontational issue or a big issue, they would move to the community room, but that's the only time, and I've been here 21 and a half years, and that's the only time we would go down there. But that was for cir um, special circumstances yeah. when there was big meetings. Yeah. And so. that was pre-COVID, too. So yeah. you know, People like to spread out a little bit more now. That's but I just wanted different. to... Yeah, say yeah. that that has that's how it used to be mm, yeah. for the big meetings. Those were taped, though. Mm -hmm. I believe those were taped and, and right, then the rebroadcast. They weren't live. Yeah, weren't nothing live. was live at that point. Um, so we want to, I guess, when we get to that point. When we get to the yep. the action item, just table it. Okay. Discussion item C: Tower lease buyout discussion. Really, I just want to keep this on your radar um, and up for discussion. Um, and essentially, there's two choices, right? That I don't Five. You have to talk about <laughs> extra choices. I'm going with my memo. Um, so there's two choices outlined in the memo, and um, which is essentially first decide whether or not you want to carry on with the lease or you want to entertain the buyout. I mean, that's that's step one. Um, and then from there, kind of distill down into, you know, your other decisions. Um, you know, do you want to go with the, if you choose to go with Riot, do you want to go with American Tower, PowerPoint, somebody else? Um, you know, if you want to carry on with the lease, do you want to keep the lease as is? Do you want to agree to the terms they provided you? Do you want to negotiate? something totally different and I, I'm getting from council that there may be some other options I didn't detail there so really this is again just to keep the discussion moving I'd like to I would like to see some sort of decision soonish so we can communicate that to American power representatives so yeah so I, I spent a lot of time on this last week um, Actually, the first thing I did got really excited because I, I have a friend who's a, a PhD statistician over at U of M, and I kind of threw the problem of you know the or the issue of you know monthly payments versus a one lump sum payment, and which one makes the most sense, and kind of gave him the whole history. And he thought about it for about ten seconds, and he says, "If you've got a one point six million dollar offer, take it." And he says, "You guys are thinking about it wrong because what, he says the way you should be thinking about it is you take that one point six million dollars, turn it into an endowment." 
and put it in a, a fund where you know your that historically averages about five percent or more in interest. And what happens then is you get rid of all your risk of you know people of uh, vendors leaving the tower, and at the same time you replace your eighty thousand uh, dollar a year income that we get because five percent of one point six million dollars is 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 eighty thousand. So we would keep our, our get rid hundred. of the risk, keep the same amount of, of, of income. Aren't we getting about a hundred thousand? Well, on the two towers. On the two towers. Oh. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I was really excited about that and thought, oh, well, that's you know maybe we are thinking about it the wrong way. Um, but uh, and and we would grow the endowment on anything over five five percent. So um, so then I was talking to Pam a little bit, and it suddenly dawned on me that we are a municipality, so we don't we can't take. Uh, you know the same kinds of risks that the rest of us can take. So we've got to, you know, our, our investment strategy is a is a much much more conservative investment strategy that typically has lower returns. So for example, the Oakland County Fund, where where it's a, would be a prime candidate for us to invest in, you know, they average less than two percent. So that that wouldn't work. So I was really deflated on that. But but then I watched the the, the meeting from last week or two weeks ago when I when I couldn't get uh, the one that I couldn't get to, and the. Piece that, that uh, the city attorney mentioned in that meeting that we were not aware of, which is the the fact that there was a uh, when the tower was moved in 2006, there was a 20-year extension um, added to the lease. So the lease doesn't expire in next February in 2023, like we've been operating under that assumption. It expires in 2043. Right. Um, that's a key piece of information um, because both this council and the last council, this last council was dealing with the same issue as well. We've been laboring under the assumption that the lease, the lease ends in February and, you know, okay, so American Tower is giving us these two options and we've got to start negotiating to do one of these two. When, it, when in fact, we don't have to do anything. Um, and what AMT is trying to do, American Tower um, is trying to do, is, and, and this is, you know, if you read the, the uh, letter that I forwarded uh, at the last meeting from Monrovia, that, that city that's facing kind of the same issue that we're facing. Um, they're doing this the same thing there. They're doing it all across the country where they're trying to reduce their, their lease payments to increase their profits. So basically, they're in the business of getting a large check from companies like T-Mobile and uh, AT&T and DISH and then passing on a much, much smaller check to us. So the more that they can lower their lease payment to us, the more, more profit they make. So they're trying to entice us with this offer, you know, this, this two-pronged offer, um, to say um, we don't we don't like they're, re, they're basically renegotiating the lease is what they're doing. So our lease says that at the, in February the lease payment that they're going to have to pay to us goes up by 25 percent. They want to lower that term escalator to 10 percent. Okay, so um, and and what they're trying to do is to to entice us to agree to that, they're saying, all right, well, we'll give you $1,500 in, 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 in a signing bonus, but what we'll really do is we'll add 15 years to the end of the lease. And that, on the surface, seems great. Okay, we'll get payments for 15 more years, but the thing is, is with all of these leases, these leases are set up so that the, the, the tower company and the carriers have all the power because they can cancel the lease with a 30 days notice at any, any time. So that 15 years doesn't really buy us anything. It's not really an enticement. And the $1,500 really doesn't do anything either because if we, if we um, were to agree to the 10% the term escal escalator in, in year one, so starting in February, um, we would lose $1,600 uh, relative to um, the 25%. And then in year two, three, four, and five, we'd lose $3,100 because we wouldn't be getting that $1,500 to offset the, the lower term escalator. 
and then that amount that we lose will grow every five years. We so don't have to um, that. we don't have to accept it, though. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, 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 so really, we have other options. So, um, one option is is that we can just ignore them and say thanks for your offer. We're not we're not doing anything. And then in February, you know, this this goes up. The term escalator goes into effect of 25 percent, and we get an extra 5,200 dollars a year. Um, the only risk of that is is that you know could they you know, say, all right, well, we're going to walk. Um, and as, as Patrick Gossman, the consultant that we brought in, said that's unlikely. And he actually called me last end of last week to check in. And I, I ran that by him. And, and his first statement was, well, there's zero, zero chance that they're going to pull out if you, you know, go tell them you're, you're just going to keep the term escalator at 25%. And then he kind of hemmed and hawed a little bit. He said, okay, well, there's a little chance. But there's very, very little chance that that's going to happen. And the way he explained it, was the way these towers are set up is the, is the, the network is set up so that there's, that there's overlap between towers and no gaps between towers. And so for them to pick up and move the tower is extremely difficult because that's going to have a cascading effect to all the other towers. So they don't have a lot of options to, to, to move it, and, and especially in our area because if they wanted to move that tower, one, they couldn't move it very far, and two, they'd more than likely have to move it into a residential area, which would never work. And there's the, a, a massive expense for them to do that, and lost revenue because they lose revenue while the towers towers not up, and some of those vendors may, or those carriers may may go may go elsewhere. So it, it's a very, very small risk that that they would actually walk. But then the other thing we can do is we can negotiate with them. I mean, if we're worried as a council that um, you know that there is a possibility that they they may walk, we can we can go to them and say, all right, well. You want to renegotiate? You know, you guys want 25 percent. I'm sorry, they want 10 percent. We're at 25 percent now. Let's meet in the middle at 18 percent or something like that. So that's an option that we can do as well. Um, and then, and then we have the the three options that, that are on the table, which is which is go month to month, um, or you know, off, or do a buyout. And I actually actually put together a table just to help us think about about that, that possibility if we, if we did want to consider, you know, a 10% month to month or, or, or buying out. And at the top here, this, this just gives us a sense, which one's going to have it? Um, you can give them a copy too. So, so up at the top here, this is, this is what happens if we go to a 10% term reduction starting in Feb February, so moving, dropping from 25 to 10%. So um, this factors in every five years that we'll, we'll, we'll have a bump of 10%. And so you'll see, for example, at 20 years out, we're going to have about $2.1 million in revenue that we'll get. 25 years out, it goes up to about $2.8 million. I'm looking at the total line. 30 years, it goes to about $3.5 million. Um, and then below that, just for comparison, I showed what, what's going to happen um, if we were to just say, let's, let's stay with the 25% uh, term escalator. Um, so you'll see after 20 years, we, we would pull in just about $3 million, so almost about $900,000 more than, than the 10% uh, um, uh, term, term escalator. Um, but the, but the, the one thing I wanted to also do, because this is what I was grappling with when, when I thought we only had two options, was you know, which one makes more sense. So, so the one thing we would have to see, we have an offer of, of 1.6 million. That's the, the biggest buyout offer that we have. And, and obviously, we need to get a sense of what that money would be worth in the future. So if, if, 
if you know if I offer Kelly 1.6, I'll give you 1.6 million dollars now, or I'll give it to you in 20 years. She's going to take it now because that's going to buy a lot more than it's going to buy in 20 years. So the question is, is what is that 1.6 million dollars worth in 20 years from now? Uh, it's probably somewhere about 2.5 million or something like that. So at the bottom, just 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 for to kind of get the thought process going, um, I sh showed the value of 1.6 million dollars going out in in various year increments. So um, the one that's probably the most important is the is the, the, the third line with uh, two and a quarter percent annual inflation. Um, on the back side of this page, it shows the, the average inflation rate for each year for the last 20 years. So it averages out over the 20 years to about two and a quarter percent. So, you know, in, in 20 years, you know, that $1.6 million is going to be worth about $2.5 million. Um, so we'd be doing a little bit better after 20 years, but at, at 25 years, it's worth 2.7 million, so we kind of kind of break even. Um, so again, it'd be a question of you know how long is this tower going to be viable? Um, but it, it gives it gives us the ability to at least get a sense of of, of what that uh, one lump sum offer would how that would compare um, to taking monthly payments for for 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, and so on. So it looks like we really, I mean, to me, it was hearing what Scott said at the last meeting about the the um, the new lease uh, or the extension of the lease. Not having not known that for the last two and a half years, that really changes the thinking about it. And I mean, you know, I've been pinballing all over the place for the last two years, but it really seems like you know we should either. And my my thought is that we should either either do nothing and just continue on where the way we're going because that's the lease that they're under and that's the lease that they signed. Or if we feel like there's some risk, we should negotiate with them, but not drop it down to 10%, you know, drop it down to 20% or 18% or something like that. So, so what's, what, if they decide to walk, then will we just start having conversations with like Tower Alliance or like, how would that work? Well, I mean, if they, if they walk, there'd be no, I mean, the tower would, those carriers would, would, would be gone too, right? I have a feeling we would be getting a couple phone calls. I mean, Horvath Tower was the right. one that wanted to put here. If that spot became open, I think it's a desirable location. For the reason you stated earlier, that um, there's already a, a high demand in this area for, for usage, only getting higher, and to remove a, a critical tower uh, is mm -hmm. not a smart business plan. I'm sure. I'm sure the, they are well aware of that, as, as well are other providers that, you know, tower providers. So I think if one became vacant that was previously approved, because that's the other big issue, is getting, you know, the city's gone through this in 2017 with the, 2017 or 18, where they were trying to put it here on City Hall property, um, and they didn't get approval for it. So for, at the Planning Commission level. So that's, um, there's definitely a desire for this area, and I think if, if they were to leave for some reason, uh, I think there'd be no no absence of, of successors lining up for that for that location. Well, and the fact that Tower Point is offering us 1.6 million, they're not just doing it out of the goodness of their heart because they want to be generous to us. They're, that they are expecting to make money from the tower, right. so um, I think we need to keep that in mind. Anything else? Well, we need to we need to keep talking about it. Like, <laughs> like we need to come to a, some kind of consensus. consensus. Like, what is everyone? So let's like we, I think we need to break down the three questions and literally, like, 
agree or agree to disagree today. Like we can't continue to say, you know, talk like Bruce, you give us a synopsis and then we keep moving forward. <laughs> like we have to figure it out. Even though the lease doesn't end until twenty forty three. We need to do something. So my my personal preference, as I said, is one of those two options. Either you know say thanks for your offer, we'll stay on the way we are, or or consider, you know, if the council is is a little bit more risk averse to, you know, negotiate with them to bring it down a little bit, but not much but not much. Not certainly not to ten percent. Because I think all we're doing by bringing it down to ten percent is taking money out of, out of our pocket and putting money in their pocket. I think we leave it alone. Yeah. So you're saying leave it alone? Do you? But are we negotiating? No, we don't have to negotiate anything. Yeah, we don't have to. That that that's the, that's the whole thing. I mean, you know, you know, we've been working on this for two and a half years, and I've been under the assumption the whole time until the last meeting that. The lease was ending in February, and so that we had to do something. But they're under-leased us for another another 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the lease is the lease. So they're, they're you know they're 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 on the hook for 25% to us. So we can just so so we can just let it go. Let them agree to the 25% increase and just call it a day and just keep moving forward. Well, yeah, that's that's operation of. of the lease agreement, the twenty five percent. So that's not a negotiating point. I mean that's what it is right now. Right. Um, for this renewal. So if if you if the city wanted to engage in discussions with them about potentially lowering that in exchange Why? for some get longer term <laughs> guarantees or something along those lines. Right. That's what that's what Bruce is suggesting. Yeah, I mean of of course that that doesn't make sense to lower <laughs> lower it. So but I mean there, but there's possibility they could still ask to, you know, possibly talk to us about it, though. Yeah, right? I mean, but we and, can and still the, just the say, and, no, and it is the what risk, it is. The risk, and like Bruce is saying, that it's albeit a, a small amount of risk, um, you know, they could potentially go somewhere else uh, or try to find somewhere else or leave the city entirely if they, if they can't um, meet the terms of the agreement. But the only thing the city would be entitled to at that point is um, under the terms of the agreement, they have a six-month buyout, and then they've got 90 days to remove their equipment from the site, and they have to pay the monthly rate while they're in the process. So if it took them 90 days to take the tower down, they uh, they would owe the city nine months' worth of uh, rental payments. So. Okay. So we're not inflicted at all during that entire process, so that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, the city's... The city's in a very strong bargaining position yeah. with them mm -hmm. right now. So I think we can come to a general consensus that we should just leave the contract as is and let it rise to 25%. I'm fine with that. Do right. we have to decide that at the meeting? Well, we're not going well, to vote well, on we're not, it. We're, we're not, not, not voting on it. Yeah, and it's not actually... It's not a voting, it's not an action matter at the moment. No, it's not an action matter, but obviously you can always amend. It is an action request. Oh, no, sorry. It's on the agenda. Is it? No, you're right. It's not. It's not. No, it's not. It's not an action matter. It's on the study session. It's the study session. So, I mean, I was thinking of the community issue. If you are all 
general agreement now um, on how you'd like to proceed, I would recommend amending the agenda, um, the regular uh, meeting agenda, and add it, add it as an action item. Okay. So, but before we add it as an action item, does anyone have like any more questions? Are you still are reserved about it? No, no, no. Okay. I mean, it'll be interesting too if you know if we if we go back to them and, and say you know thanks for your offer. It'll be interesting to see if they they come up with a counter offer. <laughs> not not that we would have to take it, but it'll be interesting to see how badly. Yeah, that, that would be an indication of, of how badly they, or how, how much they value that power and an indication of, of the, the fact that there's an extremely low likelihood that they would walk. So, so can we amend the, um, the agenda then and add it to? Okay, yeah, let's do that then. But yes, the answer is yes, you can. Okay. Um, next up uh, is discussion item D, which is breakfast with the bunny budget summary. I just um, put together a real quick budget summary of what the breakfast was. The breakfast with the bunny was. It was a good event. Um, we did um, only have um, well, we brought in revenue of two hundred and eighty dollars for the um, children and their parents that were there. Our expenditures. All together were $902.81. So there was a loss with the breakfast with the bunny of $622.81. Most of our events that we do have with the city, we do have some kind of a loss because we are using residents' um, tax dollars because they want the events. So we put those events on, and we don't always break even with the events that we do put on. So I just wanted to bring that to everybody's attention. Um, and I did want to thank um, Councilwoman Miller. She did donate some to the Breakfast with the Bunny, so I just wanted to thank her for that, too. Does I want is there any questions I should ask? I want to thank Barb for making it happen, Barb. <laughs> Barb can ask. Thank you. And we did only have about four days to advertise it, so I think things would have been, uh, would have had a better turnout if we had had uh, a little more time to put it out there. Is there anything else um, for the summer? No, I just have to say that it was a, it was a four-day event, but we did have some issues with our bunny suit being in the basement and we did have some problems in the basement where we cannot get to anything down there so that's why it almost well it really was going to be canceled because of that so but it was put together in four days thank you yeah any questions on yeah um, i just want to say a few things i think it was a great event um i went to it it's it's good if not better than than, than past events and as they said, you know, it was, it was a great job by, by Karen and Barb for, for pulling that off. Yeah. But um, I did want to talk a little bit about um, the way this, this was implemented, and it was rushed. Um, and, and a lot of the protocols and procedures were, were very confusing. Um, you know, it was, it was announced via a personal account on Facebook on sites that, that you know, the city, or the city attorney has advised us not to participate on. Um, you know, council people were taking registrations. 
um, collecting personal information. You know, there were a lot of a lot of very confusing things about this, and I know when it was announced, um, I, I had a lot of contacts where people were wondering whether or not it was a private, whether it was a city event that has now become a private event. Um, and I know Kelly got the the, the, the same response because we talked that night, um, and then. Um, you know, the, the city administrator, you know, who is ultimately responsible, uh, or city administrators in this case, who are ultimately responsible for, for this event, um, you know, Susie, um, you know, sent a professionally written email with some basic questions about the, about the event, um, you know, that, that any host of an event, you know, should be expected to answer, you know, very, very simple questions like, you know, what, what's the desired room set up, how many attendees, uh, whose contact information, and I know she had about a, about a dozen questions in this email. Um, and I know Kelly and I, when we talked, we had additional questions like the budget and whether or not someone was food safe certified and, and all that. But the long and the short of it was she, she sent a, 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 an email to Karen um, uh, about, with, with those questions, you know, doing the due diligence that the, the city administrator should do, and, and the response that Susie received was was absolutely jaw dropping. Well, we're going into the next next. E are we on to E now? Council I'm staff relations. I'm just talking well, about Well, I, I would would Barb Barb met with with um, Pam three times, right, Barb? She she talked to Pam and Susie about it two weeks before the event happened. Karen, so she's in the middle of talking something. Yeah. Something. Um, so anyhow, well, you're, are you going to read the email that I no, that I sent? I'm not, oh, okay. Well. I, I know that that email has been FOIA'd, and I, I think there are people who are going to discuss it later. But oh um, I do want to point out two sentences that were in that email. Um, the first one was uh, again. This was, okay, this and was Karen. Uh, Bruce, this really is okay. So unnecessary. Um, so and can you let him finish. And okay, not can, It's not appropriate. It, it, I'm sorry. It's, it is it's not never, appropriate. It, it's, it's we're not doing this tonight. Finish that. You can come back with your rebuttal because the appropriateness of our meetings seem to kind of just go with what is good for the evening. So he can finish, and then you can finish. That's just fair. And I see you, Ian, and when we get to um, public comments, then we will call on you. But I am acknowledging yeah, and, Please and, go ahead. And I'm not, not going to stick up for the city staff. Um, so there was a sentence in there from, from uh, Karen to Susie. said, we made an executive decision, as we are your bosses, that we were going to put the word out, so I post, posted it on Facebook last night. Um, it's not a city executive. The decision was not theirs to make. Um, they are not, Karen is not the boss of those city administrators. We as council are the boss of, of the city administrators. One individual council member does not get to make decisions for the entire council. And then it was put out on Facebook, again, where the city, city uh, attorney has told us not, not to participate. And then the last, the last sentence says, your lack of respect as well as your insubordination are not acceptable and will not be tolerated. Mm -hmm. Dot, 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 I expect you will understand that and adjust your behavior accordingly. Mm -hmm. so there was no insubordination. Asking 12 questions or a dozen questions about how an event is, is going to take place is, is their job responsibility. It's not the, the fact that they're trying to hold somebody who's holding an event accountable uh, is not in subordination. And if I were Susie, I probably would have quit and hired a labor attorney because that's the, that's the second time she's received an, uh, 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 an email that was completely inappropriate. Okay. And, and but the hypocrisy was is, is astounding because you, you harassed our former city administrator oh, about city oh, events. Oh, okay, all right. Please, this... 
about city events. This is Enoch. Well, asking the same kind of basic questions that yeah. she was asking of, of you. Okay, first. And and yeah, so uh, you know, Susie should never have been admonished for this for for, for asking these questions and doing her job. You should be admonished two for weeks. sending an email. Two weeks after it was brought up, because we wanted to do something, we wanted to do something for the children in our community. That is who we're here for. We're here for our residents. That seems to be a major issue here. We are not here for our staff. We are here for residents. We can respect our staff. We need to work together. But the residents are at the top of our organizational chart. So and Barb that, did that try to. Barb and I, and did I, try to follow the rules and and. Are you, are you done? Fine, whatever. Okay. It's just this is this is where and we've talked about this before in the training, understanding the roles and responsibilities of council and staff. There's city council's responsibility is a policy making body. They implement the policies, staff executes them so if, if there's a problem with communication if there's a problem with the room setup then council makes the policy and it's the responsibility of staff to execute it. it's not council's responsibility to execute the roles the functions of staff so council should never be hosting or organizing events unless it's requested of them by staff so in your experience in the school board Karen, how many times did you actually go in and substitute teach a class or did you write a lesson plan I'm guessing zero. Substitute? Well, actually, I actually did teach some classes, but okay. as your as a as a school board, that was part of your responsibility of the school board was to teach class, or did you hire teachers to do that work? Okay. There's there's a very clear. But things are falling through the cracks. Well, and, and I don't disagree with that, but that's because in large part because council has yet to make the policy, implement the policy decisions to replace the employees that have left, and or it's the the negative treatment of the employees that's causing more people to leave. It, it's, it's a pervasive problem of not knowing the, the roles and responsibilities and the boundaries. This is information that, I mean, MML puts on a training. This is one of the key topics they talk about, duties of city and village officials. It's right in their training. Okay, menu. you have the same rules for me as a resident, so, you know. I mean, I know you tried to work here as a resident, and it would have been a I little bit different. I didn't try to work here as a resident. I tried to. I applied for a position when our Parks and Rec department was falling apart, as it is right now. So, well, we, we so currently we don't have a Parks and Rec department it. either. So, what's that? We don't have a Parks and Recreation director right now. That's another position that needs to be filled. Recording in progress. Better late than never. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it, it just comes back to this, and that's why I ask that this council staff relations be put on there. It's very important for council to understand their role and stay within the lanes. I mean, it's not appropriate for council members to be directing the day-to-day -day operations of the city. I don't care if you're doing it under the guise of it's in the best interest of the residents, the residents are at the top of the organizational chart, because that's absolutely right. The voters are at the top of any municipal government. The voters control. But they don't control. They didn't elect council to run the city. They elected council to establish the policies that will then guide the staff. The only the only person that really answers to the council, the only two individuals that answer to the council and the council as a whole, are myself as as the city's attorney mm -hmm. and the city administrator. Mm -hmm. 
In this situation, it's different because we have three in their interim, mm -hmm. but in a normal, staff would not would not have any interaction with city or very little interaction with city council. It would be inappropriate, and this is this is an issue with with the former council. And, and I know he's probably on there because I think you reference him, but I pick on Ian all the time. When Ian first started, understanding that differentiation between his role as a council person, as a resident, and inter interjecting himself into staff, it took some time for him to get up to speed with that. And that's not uncommon for, for people that are new in this position, but it's extremely important. And that's why the, the emphasis on the training and going to the MML training, even for individuals that have been on councils before, it, it's a good refresher to go to, and it's it's a non-biased, it's a, an organization that that's all they deal with is municipalities providing information to council members. It, you know, Jalen had asked me if, if it's something that we could mandate as part of being on council, and, and the more I thought about it, I think it's a really good idea, and I think it's something that council should consider. Um, it's is, not is, about training. It's about lack of communication, a lack of access to information. Barb and I are left out of everything. So, um, you know, if you want to work on the communication system and who has access to may, what, may I interject? Well, because no, I, think, I think that there think was a question to you on Monday to ask for you to put together a communication of what you think that how the communication uh, plan should go so we can, you know, we would like to hear your input. Oh, and about a resident directed me to do that, so I'm supposed they're the to top do of the, that. They're the top of the chart, uh, the pyramid, so uh, they've directed you and asked uh, you. Uh, so I'm just, I'm truly just asking here. Uh, sure, truly. I, truly, Kelly. Okay, go back to you. The, I, <laughs> the, the issue, I mean, there's so, ma there's so many issues going on. I mean, we talked about this last time. Council, I mean, there never should have been a FOIA request. I mean, how much time has the staff spent if you want some information, if you want some relevant information, ask the council. And what's relevant? And you told me well, things that are on the agenda you told, you would be relevant. Me, things that are coming before the city. Stuff that's happened that three, needed... four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, however many years ago that your request goes back, it's not relevant. If if council feels that there was, again, and I've, I know I've stated this previously, if council, not a council member, if council feels that there was some sort of misconduct, some employee situation that wasn't handled properly, then council as a whole can direct an investigation. Council can issue subpoenas, require people to appear. They can access any record, any document they want. But it has to come from council, not one individual council member. One individual council member should never be launching their own investigation, contacting former employees, doing things that a council as a whole should be doing, not as an individual. This is this is this behavior is is completely outside the scope and the roles and the responsibilities of the council. And you sat here a couple of months ago and told me if I wanted employment and personnel information, I had to file a FOIA. That is what you told me. I, I don't recall telling well, you had I'll, to file I'll find a FOIA. The video I, I told you that there's certain information in the employee personnel file that is not public and that would have to be redacted. And again, you're, you're criticizing staff for not meeting needs, but then you're putting additional obligations on them. And criticizing them for not meeting needs and not meeting the additional obligations, chastising them and telling them that they're being insubordinate—that's a problem. Okay. And the disrespect is a problem. Well, it goes both ways. Yeah. yeah well, it certainly does. And as far as this previous city administrator, there was a 
very large issue that was never handled by the city council. The mayor was supposed to take care of it and never did. So um, that was in minutes and um, never never heard a word. So that was allowed to fester for a very long time. So could you please enlighten me on what it was that I did not do? Excuse me. Can you please enlighten me on what I was uh, supposed to do? Yes, I sent a letter to all city council members in December of 2020 with multiple issues, and I was never responded to. When was it? In December? So I have all your um, emails so that you requested. It's not an email. It was a letter that I actually sent to your home. And you told me oh, that. I don't know about. I mean, I okay. I have to go look because I am bad with going through my email, uh, my mail that have probably no address on it. But it I had an address on it, and it's in the minutes that you all discussed it at a city council meeting, and it was supposed to be okay. What is it that you would like from it? Let's let's try to resolve it. What would you like from that? So we're done with that. You don't want to talk about it. No. No. I'm just explaining the situation. I'm just asking, like, so we can resolve this, so okay. we can move, we can move forward. Is there some? Do you want me to try to find it? You want to resend it to me, and so we can resolve this? No, I mean uh, it's. So I'm just asking, what would you like me to do at this point? I'm not. Didn't ask you to do anything. I just said there are long-standing issues. So what and can there are we things do? That we're happening. In, or what can I do to we make can the put residents at the top of everything that goes on around here? That's what we can do. That's what you can do. Okay, so they're they are um, considered at the top, and they are at the top. What would you like me to do personally at this time to um, Did set? Did I ask you to do anything? I'm truly asking right now. Truly, what would? Okay. No. Truly, you don't have. Okay, so then we don't have to talk about that anymore, or do you want? I'm, just I'm sorry. Every time I have talked about it, it's because someone else brought it up. Mr. Cantor just talked about me running the city administrator out and the things that I did. So I'm sorry. There's a whole story behind all of that, and, I'm and just, you had it uh, in 2020. So. So we're two years in, and so I just want to know mm -hmm. what what can we do right now just to kind of resolve some of this. So, you know, we can just move forward. It's 2020, it's actually almost halfway through 2022. What can we do to do better council relations? What was your suggestion? I said communicate, have equal access to information, put residents at the top. Okay, so what does and, that look and like? And stop bringing up emails and whatever else. That isn't appropriate to, to bring personnel issues to the but if to we, a meeting. If we have, if we have, excuse me, I'm sorry. sorry did did anyone talk out. to me sorry. about it? Um, if we want to keep the residents or, or have the residents at the top of our organizational chart, then we would talk about the personnel issue without saying that you know, we're not supposed to really say the, the, the personnel Well, no, you pick, pick what the issue, if you yeah. if, all right, Ms. Steck is going to be subject to discipline, potentially. Okay, so let's, Ms. Tech, being the subject of the discipline, has the right to request a closed session. All of these types of administrators, again, this would only be for the administrator, but she has the right, she has the right to have representation present, she can request a closed session, and, we, and it has to be, there has to be some sort of communication to her what the disciplinary proceeding would be for, and it, it's something that should come from the whole council. I mean, put it on an agenda, talk about it, send a request to the mayor, say, you know what, I felt very 
uh, disrespected by the interim administrator. I thought she was being insubordinate. This is why I feel that her conduct was inappropriate. Uh, I would like to have this brought up amongst counsel and discuss potential disciplinary action against her for her conduct. Not putting it out in an email, blasting her, and then copying a bunch of other people on it and letting Recording it in progress. And then when the meeting comes, not discussing it and just flipping it under the stack of papers and saving it for later on down the road the next time it comes up. I mean, whatever the issues are with Dr. Mitchell, Let's get them out. Let's resolve it. She's gone. So I can't really see how there would be any continuing issues with Dr. Mitchell. Bruce just brought it up. This keeps I, I, happening. He brought up, has brought up multiple well, things. He reads resignation letters. He does these things. I, I didn't say anything about it. I'm not saying. You just said there was an open issue from December of 2020 that's yet to be resolved relating to Dr. Mitchell. Let's resolve it. Let's put it behind us. What, what other issues are on the list that that you feel council or former councils have neglected and have not addressed adequately. Instead of just letting that fester and build anger and animosity and derailing the city from moving forward, talk about it. Bring it to everyone's, it, it, bring it to the table. I mean, all of this stuff is done in public. You're, there's never gonna be a closed venue where the cameras aren't recording, the audience isn't sitting there, where you can feel comfortable about talking about whatever it is you wanna talk about. Now. This is the time, well, not really well, now because you're supposed to be at a meeting, but study session is when you're supposed to have these conversations, it's when you're supposed to resolve these issues. It's not supposed, again, it's not supposed to be individual council members on their own crusades trying to torpedo their fellow councilors. And that goes for everybody. I'm not just saying you. I mean, Bruce, Kelly, Jalen, Barb, you should treat everybody equally on this council, regardless of whether you share the same personal viewpoint as them. The personal attacks from all ends need to stop, not just on video, but the stuff that comes through in the emails. It just, the attacks on the staff, it, it's not a productive environment. You're, you're advertising trying to fill two, three crucial positions in the city. I can't tell you how many calls I've received from potential applicants. And the first question they say, what the heck is going on in Lathrop Village? They're watching these videos. They're watching these meetings. They're thinking twice whether or not they want to take this position. And that's, and now, and that's directly that affecting the services and the, the quality of life that you're going to provide for your residents. And, and what was the reason before? The reason before for what? That these things weren't getting done, that residents weren't, weren't uh, what things? included I mean, you're, or Again, in. you're talking in, in mythical Okay. What, what, give me something concrete. What is it that wasn't getting done that the residents were dissatisfied with? Cannabis, infrastructure, all of those pieces. That wasn't getting done? I mean, there's a cannabis ordinance they didn't on the books. Have, right, that, that didn't have resident input, yes. There were, I think, like 27 meetings or something where residents could have okay. had how many? 38. 38. Oh, 38. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, but it's 7.15, and I think we need to... I agree. I apologize. It's we need to end this meeting. We need to go to um, public time. comments, and then um, what we can do is, if the council agrees, to save our um, comments, our comments until the end of the meeting, saying that we have 15 minutes. But what I, what we would like to, because I think, Ann, they still there? Yeah, Ann had something that 
he wanted to say. But I cannot unmute Ian. Sorry, everybody, for the technical difficulties. All right. Ian, you should be able to unmute yourself. Can you hear us? You can't hear us. He can't hear us. So we're waiting to, um, Ian was first to do it. He's online. Ian, um, and excuse me, Ian, if I say your last name wrong, I know I've said this before, Zitron? Zitron. Zitron. He's up first. I think they're having audio issues. They can't hear on Okay. Well, if you would like to step in until we can get uh, Ian's uh, audio together, if you want to, do you want to speak? Yeah, um, you have to go to the mic. Karen mentioned quality of life. I hate to say it, I've been a resident here for almost 50 years now in the same house, live right across the street from Bruce. And the, the, um, the city looks like a third world country. The roads are absolutely horrible. Now, we passed a bond issue, I believe, to fix the roads. I hope most of that money is going to go to the roads and not to all sorts of other little dinky, stupid stuff. The, city, the, uh, uh, the state of Michigan is getting $4 billion, and they're spending $380 million on the roads. The rest of it, who the hell knows where it's going, okay? Going somewhere, but <laughs> it's not going to the roads, that's for sure. I know where it's going, you know where it's going, and it is not for infrastructure, okay? It's a political thing. And uh, I've been, I've talked to Bruce about it. Uh, the bridge across the expressway, the Lathrop Bridge, looks like an absolute dump, and it's looked like a garbage dump for a year. The sewers are all plugged up with stuff. If you have a heavy rain, you're going to have a flood. And the more garbage that's there, the more people throw garbage there. I've been trying to get that. I've talked to Kelda. I've talked to everybody about it. Nothing happens. The only debate whose it is. Well, I talked to uh, Oakland County, and they said, that bridge belongs to Lathrop. They have to fix it, okay? Uh, the lot next to me there on... Um, that I've been talking to Kelvin about the the, how, the uh, building between Cambridge and uh, and Sunnybrook. That we battled that guy and that attorney for a long time. I even wrote a letter about the attorney to Grievance Commission because he accused me of being a racist. But anyway, that place I've been trying to get that cleaned up. There's garbage all over, and on Sunnybrook there's signs that say no left turn for through traffic and they cut through there and they throw stuff there and so it, the, the Sunnybrook is terrible there and the lot that's between my house and that building is all full of garbage you know there's stuff all over there and and I just want to see the city look good we, we've been there a long time we've spent a lot of money on our house over the years we've won the Christmas decorating contest all sorts of stuff and we're not going anywhere, okay? But 
We don't want to go anywhere, but somebody's got to fix it, okay? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that is in the audience that wanted to speak? You look in another room, Scott? Yes. Okay. I have a comparison. I live <clears throat> along Meadowbrook. It's part of my property line. As Bruce knows. And I will go back to 30 years ago or so. Council and city wanted to pave the dirt roads. At that time, everybody who lived on a dirt road in Lathrop received a letter of what council had intended to do. But first, they were inviting the residents for an open meeting to discuss the paving. And if you like, you could attend and give your pros and your cons the paving of your roads. That did not happen this time. You just went ahead, made all the plans, it's a done deal. Along Meadowbrook from 11 to Golden Gate, there are 10 residents who back up. 10, that means you need to get six people to want that done. It's a done deal. My husband would say, let them pave it. I say not let them pave it. But it would have been nice when you first dreamt this up to inform the residents to come in and discuss it with you. I turned from Southfield onto Golden Gate, third world. It's horrible. And it's unbelievable that a chunk of concrete hasn't come up and hit a windshield or the body of a car and done some serious damage. Thank you. Thank you. Was there anyone else that wanted to speak? Thank you, Scott. Hi, my name is Amy Antinan. Um, I wanted to answer Councilperson Miller's question earlier. Um, as a resident, I do think it's fiscally irresponsible to spend $30,000 a year to hold these meetings in the community room. Right now behind me, including myself, there are seven people here sitting. There's empty seats here. Um, meanwhile, there's about between 20 and 30 people, depending on the timing, um, viewing this meeting online. Uh, so I think it's a waste of money to do that. Um, I also like to ask Councilperson Kinez and Councilperson Miller if they um, have time at this meeting or the next one to discuss their plans to attend MLM training. Um, and I also would like to repeat my request to Councilperson Kinez, who's the current recreation liaison, to please call a meeting of the Recreation Advisory Committee, um, which was established in June of 2019. We have helped run many successful events, including um, the very popular trivia night, numerous senior seasonal events, park cleanups, and more. We had um, last year been working with city staff to plan a number of events that were advertised in the winter 2022 your town. Um, the majority of which unfortunately did not happen as planned. We have been and we are still ready to help with city events. Um, and we can help with some things that um, maybe were an issue for Councilperson Kinez and Councilperson Miller with the bunny breakfast, um, like advertising, creating and sticking to a budget, uh, making sure safety procedures are being followed, things like that. 
I just received the most recent um, your town magazine. Um, there are several events that we should really be working on, planning, and um, organizing already. Um, you know, another member of the committee and I have both asked Councilperson Kanez to please call a meeting, and we really hope she does as soon as possible. Um, I also like to request um, either again at this meeting or maybe into the next one or at least sometime um, soon uh, update from Councilperson Miller to inform residents on the progress she has been making as liaison to the Southfield Public Schools to improve the relationship between Lathrop Village and the school district and to continue programs and grants and things like that that were started in motion um, last year like having uh, Southfield Public Schools presence at uh, city events, improving the walkway between the school and the neighborhood, um, and other things like that. My daughter's in her second year at McIntyre Elementary, and this issue is very important to my family. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else that would like to speak? Oh, you know, I'm sorry, Ann, can you, um, can we hear him now? No, I cannot get the other computer to respond. It is just stuck in. Hold on. Ian, can you hear me? Oh, this is just, I'm going to put my mic, hold on, hold, hold on, let me put the microphone um, as soon as I figure out where my speaker is. Okay. <laughs> Don't say anything yet. Okay, test right here. I don't know what speaker is. Okay, go ahead. Okay, good. Oh, thank you very much. I, okay. Yeah, I want to go back and comment on the breakfast with Bunny, particularly the financing. If I understood correctly, um, $280 was taken in, the expenditure was 902.81, which meant a net loss of 222.81, which is best I can tell the city covered. Now, I don't want to prevent anybody from celebrating Easter. However, I don't want my tax dollars to be spent supporting what is essentially a religious celebration. And I say this because, <coughs> excuse me, the three, three Abrahamic religions are, are simultaneously celebrating Easter, Passover, and Ramadan. Uh, there, is no, there is no Passover bunny. I don't believe there's a Ramadan bunny. I don't think the Buddha cared about bunnies except not to hurt them. Um, it was very clear from the comments on the villagers' webpage that people regard, refer to this as an Easter celebration. I'm certainly under no circumstances would I want to stop anybody celebrating Easter. That's not my point. My point is, I don't believe that taxpayer funds should be spent to support such a religious celebration. That's my only comment. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sir? My name is Dennis Nordenville. I live at the corner of Cambridge and Lathrop Boulevard. Um, First of all, I'd like to thank uh, the city for working with, uh, with our residents uh, and uh, to implement the bond issue in that uh, strip of uh, street that's 
badly deteriorated and uh, the residents further, uh, as you know, uh, agreed to go along with the special assessment to get the uh, drains rebuilt and the ditches eliminated. We're very happy to see that happen and uh, uh, we noticed that uh, mobilization is taking place this today. Uh, the uh, drain materials are on site and a uh, big piece of equipment has been moved in place. Uh, I've called to the attention of uh, Mr. Cantor, who is the uh, chair of the Infrastructure Committee, um, a possible solution for the intersection issues at Lathrop Boulevard and 11 Mile. Uh, what we have there is a situation where anybody who wants to go east on 11 Mile or east on the freeway um, needs to get through um, the uh, rush hour traffic uh, that's merging off the freeway onto 11 Mile. So that you have, in other words, it's a complex situation. 11 mile traffic is, is coming into what becomes the service drive after the stop sign. And the traffic off the freeway is coming in at that point. And then, um, as you can possibly visualize from the map right behind Bruce, uh, it, then you have people trying to cross Lathrop. And there have been a lot of accidents. Uh, I used to live uh, at a street corner in an industrial Midwestern city where the workers were coming off out of the factory district and there was residential traffic at a main intersection and we had accidents every couple of months. Well, this is bringing back memories of my childhood. <laughs> uh, and I've seen what happens is that people, uh, residents or others trying to use Lathrop Boulevard, uh, make desperate moves to get across the bridge. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I did come across a similar intersection in Farmington. Um, my father-in-law lives over there and um, on Nine Mile Road, where the freeway exits onto Nine Mile Road, the southbound freeway, which is Grand River Five, I think, at that point. Sorry, Mr. Uh, Nor am I saying Nortmo? Yes. Okay, your time is up. Um, what we can do is that when we get to our meeting, if you would like to continue at that time during public comment. Sure. Has this been discussion or what? You're saying a regular meeting? So this has been our study session ah. where we don't make uh, we don't do any action items at okay. this time. Yeah. That I this is just kind of talking through what is on the agenda or talking whatever yes. the council could. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh, I thought it was coming up tonight, and I thought, well, the meeting's ended, so. <laughs> Based upon what you said to me, I, I made copies for everybody. Okay. I was going to talk about it at the end, of the end of the meeting. So I'll bring it up again at the council comments. At Thank the you. The next appreciate meeting. it. So um, I'm going to adjourn the meeting, and uh, so we can jump into the, excuse me, adjourn the study session so we can jump into the meeting.